Hell yeah. Hammer of the Gods. Um, I thought that'd be a good song uh, for the quarterback podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Pete Davidson here. As always, with another version of the Rotobon podcast, talking quarterbacks today, rookie quarterbacks. Obviously, draft is coming up tomorrow. Um, and we're not done. Uh, when I'm done with this pod, I'm going to get right into putting my tight ends in order so we can do a little tight end podcast tomorrow. That'll be a short one. Um, and probably what I'm going to do is probably just combine the tight ends and then some sleepers. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully that gives you guys enough pre-draft stuff to chew on. And uh, we'll be doing traditional Rotobahn rookie rankings with landing spots and all that good stuff um, when we get out of the draft. Now, I don't know what day that'll go up. Because <laughs> I actually have a draft that starts literally like right after the final pick is made in the NFL draft. The first pick goes up on the timer in that league. And then I have another league that starts the next day. So I'm going to be wrapped up in some really big rookie drafts, really, just in a couple days, which is <laughs> sort of bizarre. But um, I mean, I'm used to it, but just this year it feels different, you know. Um, so the good part about that is that I'm going to learn a lot about what other experts think about where these players belong. Um, I don't know if we're going to have ADP, like, you know, I don't know if that is really reflective of what you guys are going to see in your drafts or not. Um, but we'll definitely have some, you know, some ideas of where guys are going, um, uh, post draft. So I'll, obviously I'm going to, um, tell you guys about those two drafts, how they went. One of them is, uh, Mike Taglier's, uh, lights out league, which actually, um, Tag stepped back. He's not commissioner this year. Britt Devine's going to be commissioner in that league. Um, that's a big draft for me. I'm hanging in the 14th spot. Back-to-back um, -back titles in that league. I am uh, very excited to try to go for the three-peat. Um, it's a nice deep class, so I feel like I'm going to do pretty well at 14. Uh, there was also a huge dispersal in that in that league, but I think like eight or nine teams in the dispersal. So that league is like going to go through some real changes. Um, some new people in the league too, Jordan McNamara and... Um, some other guys, it's really, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this year. Um, and then the other league that drafts really super early is the podcast league. I'm in the UDPL, um, which has got a lot of uh, really hardcore uh, uh, dynasty types. Tyler Gunther runs that league. Uh, so I'll have a lot of feedback for you guys on that stuff. Hopefully, um, you know. Hopefully the rubber really meets the road there and we can give you some really good stuff to chew on, um, which guys might slip, so on and so forth. One of those leagues, the um, the Podcaster League, is Superflex uh, and the Lights Out 14-teamer uh, is Single QB. So we get two different perspectives um, as well. So after that long wind-up, let's, let's, let's get into these quarterbacks. Um, so I'm going to do the top 10 here. Obviously, I think... First couple of these guys are going to be long shots. Um, there are some guys that are worth mentioning that didn't make the top 10, like um, Jake Luton from Oregon State and Josh Love from San Jose State, Nate Stanley from Iowa, some guys like that. Um, but coming in at the 10 spot, a guy who, you know, I, I just sort of have a soft spot for this kid. I just like him. Um, but he's going to need to make some changes. This kid, Cole McDonald from uh, Hawaii, 6'3", 215, ran a 4'5", jumped 36 inches. A lot to like just right there, right? Um, and he's really, I like the way he plays the game. Um, I like the way he sees the field. Um, he's an attacker, which I like. But he's got this bizarre release point. I mean, I don't, it's, it's tough to even describe, like, you know, you have to go watch the kid to understand what I'm talking about. But it's just this really bizarre release point. It's it's sort of outside and behind. Um, it's it. 
it's bizarre. I mean, it makes Sam Darnold's old um, USC release look uh, downright uh, perfect. So, you know, this kid, I mean, this is just my opinion, but it, I think he's got some, some major reworking. But if someone could get him in there and mold that clay a little bit, you could have something. He's Like I said, he's very athletic. He's got a nice feel for the game. He's a real competitor. Um, and he's 6'3", 215. So, you know, look, I'm. It's it's true that changing, like making significant changes to people's techniques, it's just not always possible. Uh, and I think Cole McDonald in that sense is a long shot. But there's so much positive there that I think he's worth sliding in at the 10 spot. Um, at the 9 spot, we've got Anthony Gordon out of Washington State, another one of Leach's guys. Um, so much I really like about this kid in the limited film I had to watch. I like the quick release a lot. He's got good eyes. Um, his his arm is in tune with his feet. We like that a lot. Um, some of the guys that I'm going to mention in the next couple spots, man, if they had this guy's feet um, and this guy's anticipation, I, I would be very excited. Um, now, you know, some people will be like, well, he's from Washington State. You know, you know, maybe he's the next Gardner Minshew. You know, I'd be careful with that. Um, there's some things I don't like about Gordon. He's got some things that need to iron out. He's only had, uh, I believe, 14 total college starts. Um, so, you know, like, just for example, he's got a really loose handle in the pocket. Like, you cannot carry the football in the pocket um, the way he does. You can't do it in the NFL. You'd be fumbling, like, two times every single game. So, yeah, definitely there's things that need to be cleaned up. Um but, you know, this is one of those kids where I think he's probably a developmental guy who can turn into a backup. But he's also the kind of guy where it could be like a Case Keenum or, you know, a Minshew scenario where all of a sudden he's thrust into play. And it's like, wow, this guy, this guy can, you know, hold his own. The game's not too big for him. So I think Anthony Gordon's a name to know, a guy to maybe follow. Um, it'd be a really, it's a stretch to think that he would be, even in a super flex league, um, a guy who's going to go in most four-round rookie drafts. That's that's probably a reach. Unless some NFL team falls in love and takes him a lot earlier than I would anticipate. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if he got taken in the seventh round, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, if he was a high-priority, you know, free agent pickup, that would not surprise me. Um, moving up to the eighth spot. And this is a, another kid that I really like. Um, James Morgan from Florida International. You know, 6'4", 230 pounds. Um, so, you know, he's... He fits the suit. Um, he's not this year's Johnny Bravo, but he fits the suit. Um, he's, you know, Morgan shows good technique. He's clearly been coached up. He's a little stiff and mechanical from the waist down for me. Um, I can't quite get past that with some guys. So that might be on me more than on him. I don't know. But he's just a little stiff below the waist. Um, but pretty good overall in terms of technique. He's got the size, the arm strength to be a pro. Um I'm definitely intrigued, but he needs time. I, I, I'd be blown away if James Morgan was starting NFL games next year. Um, but as a guy to, you know, draft or pick up as a priority free agent and then, you know, practice squad or, you know, uh, third QB or something like that, um, that I can see. And then, you know, in a year or two developing into a starter, I, I think it's possible. Uh, so James Morgan's a guy to know about, again, a, a stretch that he would be somebody we're actually taking. Uh, in rookie drafts this year. Uh, at the seven hole, um, a guy who a lot of people like, uh, Jacob Eason, uh, out of Washington. Um, big, long-bodied guy, 6'6", 230 pounds. Has a freaking cannon for an arm. I mean, this guy can make some throws. Uh, for my money, he's, you know, he's just... Uh, I mean, you know me. I like quarterbacks with good feet. This guy's got pretty heavy feet. I mean, I wouldn't say scary bad, but... 
definitely not the way I like it. He'd be a one- or a two-year project for me. I think he needs to get into an NFL conditioning program and get stronger, um, and he needs core work. I think he ne- he needs to quicken himself up a little bit. Um, but, you know, he, he does have that base arm strength. Um, you know, he'd be, I don't know, he could be like a Tom Brady kind of project, but, I you know, I don't see this guy turning into a Tom Brady. I, I would say I'm probably below consensus on Jacob Eason, but he's got some traits. He definitely has some traits, uh, and I think you know he'll get a look from some NFL team. Not a guy I'm going to be taking uh, in rookie drafts, to, to be honest. Um, and again, I've mentioned this with the last couple of podcasts, but there's an active construction site across the street from my house. You may hear a big bang every now and again. My apologies. Um, so... We've been through four guys. We're at Jacob Eason. We're, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to trash the guy, but he's not, not one of the guys I have my eye on, just to be honest. Um, sit number six, and again, remember these are fantasy rankings. Uh, Jake Frome from Georgia, 6'2", 219, slow-footed, but he's got a big arm, tiny hands. There's definitely some red flags with him. Obviously, decision-making can be a problem. Now, I think, it's fair to say that a lot of his mistakes are a guy playing in the SEC trying to win a football game. Um, so we're, we're going to be a little bit more forgiving when he's trying to force some balls in there in certain situations. But let's be, I mean, let's be frank. There's some head scratchers in there too. Um, but the bottom line with Frome is that he's, you know, he, he's got an NFL build. He's got an NFL arm. He's got a lot of starts under his belt in the SEC. Um, and I think I would be surprised if he doesn't go in like, the second round, early third round, because some NFL team's going to be like, we can coach this guy up. We can make him into a starter. And when you look around and see some of the guys who started in the NFL over the last six years, I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. But for my money, you know, barring some scenario where he just happens to luck into an offense where he's surrounded by high-end talent, it's hard to see Jake Frome as a meaningful quarterback in a a one QB league, maybe a deep two QB league. And again, without... Without a really good landing spot in a, in a class that's this deep at the other positions, I'm probably not going to be in the Jake Frome business myself. Um, so now we're, we've cleared the bottom half of my QB rankings. We've gone from 10 to 6. And here's where it starts to get interesting, uh, you know, as, as, as you might imagine. So, coming in at number 5, um, and this guy is... You know, uh, he's a good example of why this is a fantasy ranking and not, like, ranking for NFL teams. Uh, You know, if I was an NFL team, I'm probably not going to draft Jalen Hurts with the idea that he's going to be my starting quarterback for a long time. I just don't think he's good enough. I want to aim higher, you know. I mean, can he play in the NFL? Yeah, I think he probably can when you look at the total package. Not, he's just, he just doesn't have the arm talent that I look for. It's just where I come down. But. And it's a huge but. This guy had a lot of college experience. He started for, obviously, some very good programs. Had his best year at Oklahoma when he played under a little bit more of a quarterback-friendly coach. There's definitely things to like here, okay? Good athlete, 6'1", 222, so he's big enough. Ran a 4.59, which is an attention getter. Jumped 35 inches. He's got some explosivity to him, all right? And what we've, we've seen is that he's a two-way quarterback. He can run for quite a bit uh, of yardage. He's a guy who could score some touchdowns with his feet. So if some team commits to Jalen Hurts, if we think he's actually going to be starting for some NFL team for a number of seasons, two or three years, whatever, 
This is a guy who's got, you know, Colin Kaepernick-y kind of potential. Now, I don't think he's Colin Kaepernick just in terms of, I don't think he's explosive. He's, you know, Kaepernick had that long body, and once he got those strides going, he could run away from NFL players, and he's a little more twitchy, in my opinion. Um, Not to mention he's got a stronger arm. Um, But there are some similarities, and I think Hurts could have, you know, if he found the right spot for fantasy, he could be a lot of fun. So, um, now the other side to that, is that Hertz has a lot of buzz in the community, right? There's a lot of people talking about everything that I just said, uh, and some people think more highly of him than I do in terms of being an actual NFL quarterback. So if you really believe in his ability to play in the NFL for like 10 years as a starter, um, and he gets an opportunity with some team, if he goes to, I don't know, uh, the Chargers or some team that might actually, you know, where he could end up playing football as a starter like this season or next, um, all of a sudden Jalen Hurts in a super flex league becomes a very interesting player. Um, so, you know, he's, he's a guy we need to know in fantasy circles, particularly if you're in a dynasty super flex. You know, J- Jalen Hurts is a guy that I would absolutely take if he fell to me. Now, I don't think I'm going to have any because I, you know, from what I've seen, Jalen Hurts is a guy who conceivably could go in round one uh, of super flex drafts because there's people who are really high on him. Do I think he belongs there? Probably not. Um, for me, he probably needs to get deep into the second round before I would consider pulling the trigger. And even there, I'd again, I would have to like the landing spot. Uh, but J- Jalen Hurts is a guy to know about. There, there's no way around it. The, the ability to string foot points together with reasonably good quarterbacking skills, uh, you know, he's a guy we need to know about. He's a guy where we're going to really look at that landing spot and then drill down his value. So he comes in at the five spot safely behind the four guys ahead of him, but for fantasy purposes, my opinion, safely ahead of everybody that we mentioned before him. He's sort of got his own tier, um, if if you will. Okay, now, this is where things, you know, I, I may be surprising some people here, but as, you know, if for those of you who've been following me this offseason, if you heard my stuff before the combine, you might know what's coming here. Um, my number four is Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Um, and, you know, I hemmed and hawed on this a little bit because I like Justin Herbert. I think he's got some good things to his game. The thing with Herbert, you have to be really careful about, and, and I've actually had a couple players this year where I encourage people, like, go watch the highlight reel because you're going to find things on it you didn't find in the cutups and so on and so forth. Herbert is a quarterback where if you judge him by the highlight reel, you're going to think he's the best quarterback in the class. And he probably isn't. So it's it's really important to watch him in a game context. Um, and if you haven't done that, I, I really strongly recommend that you do because there's a big difference uh, with him. You, you're watching the cut-ups, you're going to think he's got great timing and rhythm, and he, he really doesn't. Um, so... You know, there, there's. I feel well now. He, by the same token, when Justin Herbert gets into a rhythm, you start to see good things. So, you know, this is a player where I think the right quarterback coach, the right team. If you don't throw him into the fire too quickly, you could have something there. I mean, I do think this guy's going to play in the NFL for a while. And the reason I have him ahead of Hertz, look, you know, he ran a four six eight, two hundred thirty six pounds. There's going to be a lot of people who are going, "Hey, this guy's Josh Allen." I don't really see him as Josh Allen. A, he's a little bit longer. He's not quite as twitchy for me. Um, 
and he doesn't have like the core strength that Josh Allen has. He's not a bull like Josh Allen is. So for me, I'm not willing to go there. Um, even though if you look at the measurables, Herbert, arguably you could slide him ahead of Allen, okay? I don't personally see it. Um, but I do see a lot of, but, but, you know, by the same token, I see a lot of the same issues with Herbert and a lot of the same strengths. I just don't see him with the ceiling that Allen has. And part of the problem is that he's a little, just a little bit longer. And we know that when those quarterbacks get up to six foot five, you have to start worrying about the length being a problem versus an asset. And Herbert is a little over six six. Um, and, you know, and I'm not an analytics guy, and I wouldn't use analytics to just eliminate him from contention, but there really is a dearth of quarterbacks 6'6 and above that have been good in the NFL. That's just a true thing. So we don't want to ignore that completely. I, like That's never going to be the basis of my analysis, but by the same token, it's, you know, it's worth noting. Um, so, you know, look, I, you know, I, as I like to say, sometimes these long guys have synapse trouble. Um, but the skill set is enticing. Um, to me, he's you know he's like a late round, first rounder, early second rounder in the NFL is where I would have him. He's going to be going probably up with an elite pick in the top ten. So to me, that means his price tag is just going to be higher than I want to pay. Um, but you know, look, he's in the discussion, and if if you're you know my thing is I think in a lot of super flex leagues, people are going to be desperate. They're going to see the agility numbers, and he's going to be a guy people overpay for. Personally, I'm not going to be doing that. Um, now, this is where things start getting interesting because now we're getting into the area where these guys become very intriguing uh, for me. Um, my third guy, um, and, and you know, I've toyed around with the idea of pushing him even higher, but not going to do it. My third guy is Jordan Love. Now, we talked about him going into the combine. I really like this kid. Um, He's the youngest QB in the class, though not by a ton, but, you know, two full years younger than Burrow, right? So, you know, who thinks Jordan Love might learn some things that he doesn't know now by the time he's Joe Burrow's age? I think that's a fair thing to point out. If you go back and when I was talking about, like, Mayfield and Darnold, the fact that Darnold was two full years younger was an important thing if you're an NFL team or if, you know, if you're um, a super flex dynasty drafter because, you know, Darnold can come out and stink the joint up for two years and now he's the same age as some of these other guys coming in. So, um, you know, that's definitely an important factor. But the thing we love about Love is he is Johnny Bravo. He really fits the suit. 6'4", 224, probably will be about a 230-pounder by the time he's fully matured. He's got great movement. He jumped 35'5", 118 inches on the broad jump. So, again, uh, like Herbert, there's, he's got some explosivity to his athleticism. But what we really love about Jordan Love is the way he throws the ball. Just a very relaxed thrower with plenty of arm strength. Uh, now, if you watch the film, and it's important to watch the film, you don't want to be you don't want to just watch a highlight of Jordan Love because you'll you'll get a little intoxicated um, without that dose of reality. He does make some head scratching throws. You know, in terms of decision making, Love and Frome had some things in common. Um, so. You know, for Jordan Love to be a great NFL quarterback, to be a winner, there is further progression that needs to be made. But having said that, he can come in and start throwing the football around really from day one. I mean, I think he's the kind of quarterback that would benefit hugely, hugely from having a year to learn a system. I think it would be great for him. I hope that's what he gets. Um, but 
the other side of the coin is I think, you know, this guy, I was on McNamara's podcast the other night. I think this is where I said it, but I sort of liken him to Jay Cutler where the physical tools are so obvious. The teams, even if this guy makes a lot of head scratchers and plays his way out of one city, he'll get a chance in another. You know, unless he is Jameis Winston, where he's throwing just pick after pick after pick, I think this is a guy who's going to get chances. Um, I mean, again, just look around the NFL. Look at some of the quarterbacks who get three, four, five, six-year runs. Some of them can't hold it. Just a candle to Jordan Love in terms of talent. So for me, this is the guy I was really focusing on. Now, the fly in the ointment, the monkey in the wrench, is that Jordan Love has moved up a lot of boards. When I first started talking about him going into the combine, he felt like a guy who's going to go in the third, maybe move up into the second. He's now on most of the boards that I've heard just floating around the Twitter sphere. Sounds like he's going to be a first round pick now. Um, so, you know, a couple, you know, now there's good things with that. If he's a first round pick, you know he's going to get a chance to play. I sort of thought he was going to get it anyway, so that doesn't move me a ton. But what it's going to do is it's going to move what we have to pay. Um, he's not a guy we're going to get in the third round anymore in rookie drafts and super flex. Uh, probably not even late second. You know, unless the NFL doesn't give him the love, it feels like he's probably. And I think actually, I think Jordan said this on the podcast when he was extrapolating startup cost. Um, I think he's looking like an early second round pick in super flex league. So. You know, depending on my situation, I may be willing to pull the trigger on something like that. But he's no longer a guy where we might be able to steal something here. We're going to have to pay a reasonable price. Um, but, you know, he, you know, he's just got such a beautiful arm. He's got a strong arm. He really, in addition to the athleticism, he carries his body weight really, really well. He's light on his feet. Um, just a really good athlete. Um, and, and, you know, despite... Despite the head-scratching throws, he also makes some throws that, you know, are sort of a nod to him having a clue. I don't think he's a dumb quarterback at all. Uh, there is some nuance to his game. If you look hard enough, you'll see him looking off some safeties here and there. I do think this is a guy who can keep learning and keep getting better. So my favorite guy in this draft is Jordan Love. Now, is he the best? No. Obviously, we've got two quarterbacks that we're about to talk about who have proven a lot more. Um now, the interesting thing is, both of the quarterbacks ahead of him, although they've proven a lot more because, you know, they played at LSU and Alabama, um, and they've, you know, you know not, we're talking about national championships and Heisman trophies and stuff like that, okay? But um, they also lack starting numbers and snap counts and stuff like that. They don't have a ton of experience. Um, so that's sort of an interesting thing. But Love is checking in as my third quarterback. That's Jordan Love, Utah State. Uh, and again, if you didn't know, I already mentioned it. 6'4", 224, ran a 4.74, jumped 35.5 inches. This guy, this guy, as they say, looks real good on the hoof. Um, now, let's go to number two. My number two guy is Tua. And, you know, basically it comes down to the injuries. And I know that he's not a guy who has to get all of his fantasy points with his feet, although I'd like to see him be a guy who gets more fantasy points with his feet. I think it's important for him. Um, he's, you know, you know, probably he needs to go, I don't want to say the Drew Brees paradigm, but if you watch him play, that's sort of the guy he needs to tailor his game after. Um, if you just look at, 
you know, arm strength and size and stuff like that. Well, he's, he's bigger than Breeze. Um, but look, the kid's a winner. You have to love him. Um, but my thing is, he's a guy who runs around a lot. He's a guy who gets hit a lot. He's already had a major injury that scared teams. You know, if I'm using an early pick in a super flex league, I don't know if I want to take it on a guy who's going to get banged up all the time. So I just, you know, for me, it's it's not that I don't believe in the player. I do. I think he's a good player. I think he'll be a good NFL quarterback. But I just, I, I feel that th- there is a significant health risk with this player. So for me, I need a discount to forego some of the other players in this draft who I feel like are just phenomenal talents uh, to go with Tua instead. And I'm not a big, I don't like drafting for need in rookie drafts. I don't, I mean, need can break, you know, break ties. It can move things a little bit, but I don't like drafting for pure need because I just feel like on the whole, you're setting yourself back. What you want is maximum amount of talent on your roster and then use trades to even things out. Um, but but I like Tua, and you know the other thing that we have to consider with Tua, and you know I don't want to. I'm not a naysayer. I believe in this kid, but it you know it is a true thing that rarely are we going to see a player who had better receivers in college than he does in the pros, and you know half the NFL teams don't have receivers as good as the top three from Alabama. That's how good the top three from Alabama are and you know and that's and you know we were talking about rugs the other day i mean alabama not only are the top three guys good these guys they bring off the bench can play everybody can play in alabama so you know that was one of the reasons why rugs not being a high volume guy doesn't bug me as much when you're on a team where every single guy is really good and they spread the ball around well that's what you're going to get so you know when tua gets to the nfl he may be throwing at smaller windows than he did um, in well, definitely be throwing at smaller windows, but he's also going to be throwing perhaps to receivers that are no better than his college receivers. Most quarterbacks go to the NFL and it's like, hey, wow, I got myself some NFL receivers now. So I, I think that's something that's worth noting. Um, and you know, to be honest, uh, this is going to hold true for the next guy on the list. Um, my number one, who you know, obviously, we're talking about Joe Burrow here, LSU, um, 6'3, 221. Obviously had a, a, a magical season uh, and a really an interesting career arc, right? I mean, this guy's had a lot of time to learn technique th- over, you know, what, five years in two very good college programs, right? So, you know, at the same time, he, he lacks starts and snaps. He hasn't played a ton. Um, and, and, you know, very strange, like his 218 film is a train wreck and then his 219 film, uh, you know, it, you know the 218 like really shows that he's lacking experience but then the 2019 belies that in equal measure so it's a very interesting player i mean i i know i'm not alone when i say i did not see joe burrow coming at all um and for those of us who play in like devy leagues you gotta love this guy none of the devy people picked up on him and if you're curtain for a quarterback he's gonna be there for you um you know in my four copy league there's gonna be four burrow copies available so um you know, definitely a nice player who might be able to help you. I see elements of Peyton Manning. I see elements of Tom Brady. Uh, I see shades of Andrew Luck. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I see in a good way when I watch Joe Burrow play. Obviously a very smart guy. He's got good feet. He's got good technique. Um, 
Now, you know, in fairness, Andrew Luck is bigger. He's more athletic. Peyton Manning is bigger. Peyton Manning had 10-inch hands um, and was a significantly bigger QB physically. Uh, Brady had a size edge coming out, although not a weight edge. But once the Patriots were done building him up, um, you know, Brady obviously is a big guy in the pocket. Um, but still, you know, at 6'3", 221, Burrow's big enough to, to play his style. Um, now, I mean, it's fair to wonder what what's the transition going to be, you know, as a Bengal, you know, they don't have the talent edge over the opposition that LSU had over most of its opponents. So things are going to get harder for Burrow, not just moving up a level, which obviously he is, but he's also going to move up to a team that doesn't have a talent edge, which, which obviously is, you know, something that all elite quarterbacks that go high in the draft, most of them have to deal with that paradigm, and Burrow certainly will. Um, so, you know, it... If you're playing the elite QB game in your rookie draft, I'm fine with Burrow as the safer play over Tua. If you want to go after one of the guys in this draft, I think Burrow is the move if you're going to pay a high price because you sort of know what you're getting. Um, But even with him, I mean, as much as, you know, based on the film, I'm convinced, but we do have to respect the small sample. Even though it's an impressive sample, even though it had amazing results, it still is one year. So... I mean, as a betting man, I'm going to bet on 2019 being the representative sample versus 2018. I think most people will. But we don't want to lean into that take so much that we pretend that 2018 didn't happen or that we just say, yeah, Burroughs had 30 college starts when he hasn't, right? So it's important to accept reality even if we decide to you know, lean on the most recent film and say this is the most representative thing uh, for the player. So, that's about it. Um, That's 30 minutes of quarterback talk. Um, So let's, at this point, let's let's pull back a little bit, talk for a couple more minutes here, and just talk about this class as a whole. I tried to sort of do it as we walked through. But for me, it's those top five guys that have my attention, um, you know, for for Dynasty. Um, And really, when you get right down to it, we're talking about Superflex, right? I mean, how much of us really put a ton of thought into drafting quarterbacks in single QB dynasty? I mean, you re- for me, it really has to be like, okay, there's nothing else I really love here, and I can get Joe Burrow. Okay, I'll take Joe Burrow. Uh, but we all know what QBs are worth in single QB leagues. So, you know, this is really more of a Superflex discussion. You know, and for me, it's really those top five guys that move the needle, and then landing spot's going to be huge because if one of the running quarterbacks goes to a team that we think will try to de-emphasize that aspect of their game well that changes the whole paradigm we want guys to go you know play for greg roman or you know go you know go 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 play for freaking uh you know one of these one of these wide open offenses you know some teams are willing to embrace outside the box stuff and some aren't um and hopefully what we've seen with all these running quarterbacks the last couple of years, more NFL teams are expanding their minds. We'll find out. Um, but landing spot to me is going to be really important here. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk a lot about that in the coming weeks. So this is, a you know, it's not a great QB class. It's not certainly not a bad QB class. Um, I'd say it's probably typical, something like that. Um so that's going to do it for quarterbacks. Um, 
just a couple things. Uh, like I mentioned early on, we're going to have rookie rankings coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, I will be doing post-draft uh, podcasts and stuff like that. Uh, I plan on having Jordan McNamara. I was on his pod the other day. We're going to get Jordan in here. We're going to talk landing spots. I'm going to bring in some of my other friends uh, to talk about landing spots. Um, and the one caveat about all of this is, and I apologize, but everything I say is with the caveat that if I land with COVID, I could go down for a couple weeks. And it's funny, I haven't heard anybody talk about this on Twitter, but what do we do in a dynasty league if somebody's down with the COVID? I mean, I, I would have to think there are going to be some rookie drafts where we have to like postpone them for a week or two because somebody's down with the COVID. I, I haven't heard it. None of my leagues have anybody who's positive or sick right now. I'm in seven dynasty leagues and everybody's healthy right now. Hopefully that stays the case. Um, but man, it's got to happen to somebody somewhere, right? Anyway, knock on wood, cross our fingers, all that stuff. Uh, and I really hope all of you guys are healthy. I hope all your family members are healthy. Um, and take this stuff seriously, man. Don't 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 assume any un, unnecessary risk, you know, if you don't have to. Um, so, with our top ten quarterbacks off the table, I will be back tomorrow with some tight ends uh, and with some sleepers that didn't make the top ten list at running back, receiver quarterback, eh, maybe tight end. So actually, there's probably not going to be any quarterbacks or tight ends on the sleeper list. Um, but that's going to do it, my friends. Uh, I hope all of you are doing well with your isolation. I hope that this whole NFL drafting is like doing for you guys what it's doing for me, which has just been a very pleasant distraction uh, over the last 14 or so days when I've really turned my guns to it. So that's going to do it. We'll see you guys tomorrow afternoon. Onward, upward, giddy up. Of a fire, doing whatever I had to do to survive. I'm not saying what I did was all right. Trying to break out of the ghetto was a day to day fight. Being down so long, getting up didn't cross my mind. But I knew there was a better way of life, and I was just trying to find. You don't know what you do until you put under pressure. Across 110th Street is a hell of a tester. Across 110th Street, pimps try to catch a woman next week. Across 110th Street, pushers won't let the junket go free. Across 110th Street, woman trying to catch a trick on the street.
the family on the upper side of town. We catch hell if we find a ghetto around. In every city you find the same thing going down. Harlem is the capital of every ghetto town. Let me sing it. Across a hundred and ten street, pimps trying to catch a woman that's weak. Across a hundred and ten street, pushes won't let the junkie go free. Yeah. 